Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Listening last night, I went out and I was um, back in the kitchen. I thought, I need the word. Thank you. I can't stand for a bit. <laughs> I need I need God to talk to me right now. You know, it's not that He wasn't talking to me. It's just that I wanted to make a specific point of going. And I watched um, Lance Wallenow for about ten minutes, and he stirred up my spirit. It's good to have your spirit stirred up, isn't it? Come on, don't look at me like. I know it's going to be a great, gloomy day in the natural, but it isn't in the heavenly realm. And so he was talking about Acts 20, if you want to open your Bibles, verse 24. Acts 20. It's not actually what I'm going to share with you this morning as far as like a message that God's given me to share some scriptures. But he said that I may finish my course with joy. I want you to get your eyes on the end for a minute. You're going to finish it with joy. It may look a bit wobbly. It may look a bit irritating. It may look a bit difficult. But I'm going to finish with joy. Turn to somebody and tell them, I'm going to finish with joy. I am. Amen. Amen. <laughs> None of these things move me. Neither do I esteem my life dear to myself. If only I may finish my course with joy. I don't worry about all this, that, and the other going on. There's stuff going on that's irritating. We know it's not Christ-like. And I want to talk about becoming Christ-like. But I'm going to show you the video for this month. If you just want to show that for a second. It should be about three minutes. You know, I, we put these out. We had about five thousand people at least give their email on the prayer garden when the prayer garden was up we had over a million visitors and I was amazed I just asked God breathe on it if you want to and he did it was the word kept it pure didn't didn't say who was doing it you know just you've got to stay out of God's way if you want things to grow get out of his way you know and it's important that we say to our city behold your God it's important that we understand it, we mean it, we know our identity. Because I have talked to you a little bit about identity. But I want to talk to you this month a little bit about Christ-likeness. A little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit more. And I want to talk to you about going beyond. All right? Oh, ouch going beyond. So in Matthew 25, because I think we think sometimes doing the will of God is just wonderful. But you know, actually I'm going to start in Galatians 4. Wait a minute, let me find Galatians 4. Is it? Gosh, thank you. Thank you. You're here to help. I'll remember that. <laughs> if I can just find Galatians. <laughs> oh, my husband talking, yelling. Okay. Where did Galatians go? General Electric. I know, I found it now. Galatians 4, verse 19, it says, My little children, whom I am again suffering birth pangs until Christ 
is completely and permanently formed or molded within you. Remember, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament was symbolic of a gold block, one gold block beaten and fashioned into shape, the shape of that beautiful candlestick that was in the tabernacle, in the holy place, not the holy of holies, the holy place. It's okay. You know, we're all going through stuff. And whether it's physical, whether it's financial, whether it's relationship issues, we're going through stuff. But the bottom line is, my little children, of whom I am again, this is Paul talking to the Galatians, I'm suffering birth pain. You know, all over the world, everywhere at this time of the year, particularly because it's Passover and we've just come through passing over, you're becoming more Christ-like as a Christian believer. And that's the goal. I remember the first time that scripture kind of put me on the spot, so to speak, because this big, big church in Texas, the pastor had asked me to go back there and minister, if I would minister to the church. And I was very scared because for three years I'd been praying and interceding, hidden and quiet. And then all of a sudden we were in Texas and they asked me to go into this church and the Holy Spirit just fell on me. And began to tell me what to say. And I began to say these things that the Holy Spirit inspired upon me to say. And the guy, I mean, the big leader, great leader, great, wonderful leader. He's been such a mentor in my life in ministry. And he just doubled over and started weeping and crying. And I thought, oh dear, I better shut up, you know. But the Holy Spirit was louder on the inside of me saying, keep going. Tell him the rest. And I began to tell him about his elders and his leaders and people who were in the wrong place saying the wrong thing. And God had heard what they were saying in their heart. And it was just incredible. God just brought this order, amazing order. So it was about a couple of months later, the guy was leading the church to a new premise, to a new place. And they had a $20 million building program on this piece of land. They already owned the land around the back. And they flew me to Texas first class. And I was terrified because I didn't have anything. I was completely empty. All I kept getting was Philippians 4. Finally, on the plane, I was sort of sitting there thinking, it's nice to sit first class and have all the treatment. But it was very scary because I knew I was going to be on Sunday morning standing up on that platform with all that amazing back stuff with the songs and so organized and so much leadership and I was like oh my gosh this is scary and God kept saying I'm not interested in building programs I'm not worried about the 20 million it's just not an issue what I'm concerned about is that my children have Christ formed within them and please remember that is the most important thing in life is Christ being formed in me you know, and all over the earth right now, there's crisis being formed. They're birth pain. People are birthing things all over the earth. Governments, people are like, oh my gosh, stuff is happening. Not just in London, it's everywhere. Everywhere. And the key thing for us as Christian believers is Christ being formed. Whether it's the president of America or Russia Wherever it is in South Africa, the problems that they're dealing with go from black to white. You know, one thing I noticed about heaven, it was so obvious. The love was everywhere. 
But I noticed there was no difference between genders or skin colors. God was looking on the heart. That's all he cared about. Could he, could he find a heart that loved him? You know, he was looking on heart. Hearts were accepted. It was just this amazing acceptance. And I remember thinking, I can't take all this goodness. I must go somewhere and process it because I was such a controller in those days. I had to have it all processed and had to know what I was doing and then I'd feel comfortable. But you know what? God was just dealing with me to just let it all go and let him be in charge. And sometimes in life, we don't mean to be a controller. We don't think we are, but we are. We have to have all the boxes ticked. You know, and God said, I've already ticked all the boxes. I've already done that. I just want you to be like my son. I've sent my son. I remember whining my head off on Sunday morning. I came in when it was our last Sunday for Jamie, our son, and Alicia, our daughter-in-law, to be in. I was just, oh, God, this church doesn't appreciate me, and they don't, blah, blah, blah. And I was having such a whine. He's my only son. That's just so unfair. And God just said to me, I only had one son. speechless i mean god will make you speechless because he's been there he's done it and sometimes i think we think oh he doesn't care well he does he really does care now bear in mind galatians as we talk about birthing christ is christ is is christ being formed in this situation but i want to go back to whoopsie matthew i've stuck i'm gonna have to learn to use post-its it's just that simple Go back to Matthew 26, and, you know, it was funny doing that thing, because um, I love to give you a monthly theme specifically for intercessors to help you stay focused. Are we going in the right direction? Yes, we are. If we've accepted Jesus, number one, we're on the right road. Is it easy? No. There's plenty of stuff on it. Now, look. In Matthew 26, verse 36, Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. Where did he go? He went with his disciples. And he told them to sit down while I go over yonder and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to show grief and distress of mind. He showed what was going on in his head. And he was deeply depressed. And you get around a lot of people, they hardly ever laugh and they're not joking, and they're serious, you know, and they carry the burden. Jesus was deeply depressed. Am I telling you your future's going to be no depression? No, I'm not. I'm saying, listen to what Jesus did. Jesus said to them, my soul is very sad and eternally deeply grieved. My soul is deeply grieved so that I'm almost, I'm almost dying of sorrow. Stay here, keep awake, keep watch with me. Now look at the next line, going a little further. And I want to talk to you about going a little bit further, okay? You're talking about being Christ-like, you're getting on the train, you're going in the right direction. Listen, this sometimes is not even hardly feels like a shadow of what we know heaven really is like, because you know, it's just so difficult sometimes. And they say that people who've 
been to heaven and come back have a difficult time. And I can identify with that because, hey, you still have to know the word. Now go to 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. I'm just going to go there for a minute. It says, but it is from him that you have your life in Christ Jesus. I have to remind myself, my life, my life is in Christ Jesus. That means a lot when I think about it, when I think about what I have to deal with. Do I have to deal with any more than you do? No, we all have to deal with stuff. We all get put in the hot seat. We all have to deal with temptations and trials and situations. But look what he says over here in, I'm in the Amplified Bible, in chapter 2, verse 4. My language and my message were not set forth in persuasive, enticing, and plausible words of wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. And I want to say something to you. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit is really important, more important than you probably think. But it is really important because he's the one who will help you. He's the one who will inspire you. He's the one who will think for you. He's the one who will lead. And we can look at the scriptures in John. (laughs) Good, I'm glad you're agreeing. No, it's fine. I don't care. What do I care? No, you're wonderful. You're my gift from God. Rod, God. Kai. So I'm going to jump about a little bit. Is that okay? You say yes anyway because I'm going to do it. First Corinthians 4 <laughs> says the kingdom of God in verse 20. First Corinthians 4. The kingdom of God consists of and is based on not talk, not just talk, but power, moral power, and excellence of soul. Now, we could think around about here in this part of London, if our souls weren't identifying with heaven, many people think their souls, oh, I'm a war horse, I'm Mr. Strength or Mrs. Strength. But you know what? Only God knows. Only God knows the excellence of soul you have. Now, verse 21, which do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a rod of correction or with love and in a spirit of gentleness? I endeavor to be gentle with the power of God because I've been exposed to it. I endeavor to be gentle, but sometimes it just comes pow, like thundering, like, like it'll just part sometimes. And I personally prefer my personal times with God, wherever they are, because he gives us each personal times. That's where I accomplish what I accomplish. That's why I can do what I need to do. That's why I can speak with a demonstration of the power of the Spirit, because without it, you're just this legalist speaking a bunch of scriptures. Because this book is about the Spirit of God. This book is about God. It's about Jesus. It's not just reading a bunch of scriptures. And and in this time of passing over, okay, my heart has been impressed by heaven that we need to be a church who are aligned with heaven and the way God thinks. God thinks like a Hebrew. That's how he thinks, okay? 
you don't have time to talk about the different mindsets, the Greek mindset, the Hebraic mindset, and the horrific mindset. We don't have... <laughs> We don't have time to talk about that, but let's just think we want to have a Hebraic mindset. We don't want to cut people's heads off, get rid of them. We want them to become like Christ. You think of the people in your life that irritate you the most. You know that God has called you to pray for them? God's called you to lift their arms up to help them. He's called you to reverse things. That's why a praying church is a powerful church. That's why the kingdom of God isn't just based on everything being ooey-gooey. It's based on the moral power and the excellence of soul. Is this Christ-like? Is it Christ-like what I'm doing right now? Is this Christ-like? Is it producing? Am I being fruitful? I know when we were talking about... um, We've been up at the barn for a few days. It's been great, those of you that came. And, you know, it was interesting because when I was put in the hot seat, God always gives you the best. So like I said, I was on that plane first class, and God, I was saying, they're expecting Miss Prophet to walk in and tell them exactly how to get this 20 million. At the time, 20 million was a huge amount to me. Okay, God said it's nothing to me. And this guy... Oh, no, it isn't that big. No, it isn't. I'll help you. I'll never impoverish you, I told you. He gets frightened. I'm going to put him in the creek, but I won't. You do. (laughs) I won't put you in the creek. Anyhow, I was on that plane, and God was telling me what was important to him was Christ being formed in the people. He was looking for, he's looking for you to pray. You know why? Because he can do it. Nothing is impossible for him. Trust when you pray. Believe when you pray. Believe. I know I pray a lot of prayers and I don't always believe God can change. But he can. And I, we were up at the barn and I was thinking about the woman behind. It took two years to pray her out. Some things take a long time. Some people have big ears, but they listen. Okay, okay, whatever. When God comes, you just can't hide. You just can't hide. You should listen sometimes to your wife. Okay, 1 Corinthians 10, 12. Therefore... Let anyone who thinks he stands, who feels sure that he has a steadfast mind and is standing firm, take heed lest he fall into sin. Verse, I know I do, I'm scared of you. (laughs) Oh, okay, I'm scared of God too. Verse 13, now listen to this. No temptation, no trial regarded as enticing to sin no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you, that is not common to man. Nothing that's going to happen to you that isn't common that other people haven't gone through. It's just the way it is. That, that is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance. Just say to it right now, this is not beyond human resistance. Okay, come on, you're going to leave here strong. You're going to leave it strong. You can. 
You can. It is beyond human resistance. That is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience. Listen, I'm in the flesh. You're in the flesh. But my spirit goes to God. My spirit, my soul can be renewed. My soul can be renewed daily, the entire renewal of it, with the finances, with the health, with everything, with relationships. I can go beyond. I can go a little further. And it's time to go a little further, right? That's the time we're in. That's the season we're in, going beyond. If you need a word, going beyond. So listen to this. And that it's a human experience, and such as man can bear. But God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature. He's faithful. And he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability. That's really good. Because sometimes I think, you have no idea what I'm having to deal with. You know, one thing and then another and then another. But I have to remember what God says. God says, I'm not tempted, tested or tried or assayed. I'm not sifted. I'm not like... I'm not dealing with something that's beyond my ability. I'm not going beyond that. God is always, even though sometimes it feels like the devil's right in my face, pushing me and judging me and, you know, coming down. I mean, I think, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. What does God say? What does God say? God says you're not being tested or tempted or tried or said beyond your ability. You're not. It's not happening. Like, okay, that is really good. Now, now let's go and look at John 14 and John 16, because I want to, I know you probably know this, but while I, I touched on it a few minutes ago, and I just talked about the Holy Spirit. Look, John 14, 26 says, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me, to act on my behalf. Wait a minute. We have the Holy Spirit. And thank God, you know, we're not just a gathering of God's family to be all spiritual, you know. We have the word of promise. We have the word on it. We're spirit and word church. We're really blessed. We're really blessed of God because I'm telling you, it's good to, of course you need it all. You absolutely need it all. And it says here, the Holy Spirit will cause you to recall. He'll remind you of, he'll bring you to your remembrance. Everything I've told you. Listen, I had to go out to lunch on that Sunday. I had to deal with, you know, the disappointment because I knew The pastor had put great faith and trust in me because of the words that I had had by the Spirit to speak to him, and it changed the leadership. It changed the culture of the church. But listen, I had prayed for three years. Didn't tell Rod, didn't tell anyone. Just me and God. I was just praying in the Spirit. Kept praying. Kept praying. I didn't know why. What do I care about going to some church in another country? I didn't care about that. I wasn't a career fanatic. I just knew I had to pray for him. And I remember being in the swimming pool there in in Paul and Judy's house, and I remember one of them saying, 
when are they going to open the doors to you? You're, you're like this Deborah, you know, you're this woman that rises up. They should open the door to you. Well, they didn't really believe in a lot of praying in tongues, and they didn't really believe in intercession. So I just remember saying, well, I have to pray more. And I remember asking the comforter, John 14, 26, the comforter, come comfort me. And he kept saying to me, it's going to be okay. There'll be a time. And, you know, when that time came, I didn't want to say anything. I thought I'd, because Rod was going to speak first, and then I had to follow him. And then I thought, well, I kind of compared. I must give them a lot of scripture. No, I did. I used to do that. He knows. I used to do that. And I used to be, like, because he was competitive, then I thought, well, I had to be competitive. And my friend, no, you know, you deny it. <laughs> he won't have anything. He won't. But one of my friends said that when I first got engaged to him. So I'm just saying what she said. Okay. So it's very easy because John 16, 26, back to the word. I'm not. <laughs> Do you want lunch later? <laughs> no, sorry. We need marriage counseling a lot. <laughs> we do. We do. You think we're all holier than thou, but ask John. No, seriously, we need help. We're in the days of our flesh. <laughs> Ask somebody who's praying the word. Oh, gosh, I miss Abby. She used to pray the word over us. <laughs> she did. She probably still does. But look over in John 16, 20. It's easy to remember. You always have the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor. Hallelujah. The strengthener, the standby comes. You always have. I've never known the Holy Spirit to let me down. I've never known him not to walk with me and help me and take me further. And I thought, I can't go further. Listen, turn to 1 Corinthians 2, and I'll probably finish with this one. (sighs) He taught me intercession. He's the intercessor. I know it's in my Bible there. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 2, I want to show you something about going beyond. Because it can be frightening to go beyond because you kind of think, Yikes, how can I go beyond? I don't know where I'm going. You can go beyond. You should go beyond. You should go beyond. You should go beyond because you have a cancer. Now, 1 Corinthians 2 is very powerful. Verse 10, well, actually verse 9. Oh, it's all so good. It's so good. I remember when I first got baptized with the Holy Spirit. It was like somebody just took the lid off my inside really deep. And and this Christian friend said to me, you are speaking to God. I said, I can't stop praying in this tongue. I just can't stop doing it. He said, or she said, I don't remember who said it to me, but somebody said it to me in that new group of friends I had that were believers. He said, When you speak in tongues, you're speaking to God. I said, well, I've sure got a lot to say to him because I can't stop talking. I couldn't, it wasn't, I didn't try. I just wouldn't, it just kept coming all the time. And people said, that's intercession. Yeah, well, I live with him, so I know. I have special grace of my life. When he heckles Iron sharpens iron. That was our scripture. We go from strength to strength. That was our scripture, in case you're wondering. Some of you girls think, oh, Rod is wonderful. Yes, he is. (laughs) But I've had to work on him for 34 years. (laughs) Me and God. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> they do. I'm sure they do. Read the scripture. You, you should sit on the back row. So, going beyond. When I first came back to England, 19, September the 15th, 1983, I remember because I picked my sister's birthday to come back on, because I knew I'd remember that day. I felt like I was probably making a fatal mistake, because I lived in California. I walked the beaches of California. I was in Isaiah all the time. God was always telling me I was a sharp threshing instrument having teeth, and at the time my teeth were falling out, and I needed dental work. And You know, it was so far from it, and I'd walk by the beach there, and I just loved. Don't you just love it, those of you who've been to Malibu? There's just something so freeing. I could could just kiss it, you know. I love it there. I do. I'll go there tomorrow if you'll go with me. No. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, anyway, um, this passage of Scripture became very alive to me, and I began to trust the Holy Spirit a lot. In intercession. One day I, I prayed in tongues from like 10 or 11 in the morning to about 4 in the afternoon. And when it came time to leave, my girlfriend said to me, Oh, you are so rude. You've been here all day and you haven't spoken to me and you haven't talked to me. You've just prayed in tongues all day. And I thought she was really irritating. I won't come here again with her. Because <laughs> I wanted to come to the beach because Jamie was happy at the beach. He was probably four, five, six, seven years old. I don't know, he was a kid. And he was happy playing around, and I could pray, and I loved to talk to God. I loved to do that. And when we left, we drove off down, and I'd been praying in the Spirit. And, you know, did you go through a time, I think you do, or I think we all go through a time, where we take the Scripture and we start believing it, and we kind of put it to the test, and we say, Holy Spirit, if you're with me in this, you're my strengthener, you're my standby, you're my advocate, you're my intercessor, Show me, help me. Where do I need to change? Where do I need to be stronger? Where do I need you to help me? And we drove off, and it was like my head got yanked around, and I looked over, and there was about 30, 40 people in a circle. I thought, what are they doing? And I said to my friend Linda, hey, stop, stop, let me out of the car. Wait a minute, I'm not done yet. She was well irritated with me by then. So... I got out of the car and I walked over and there was this hole. I mean, I'm not kidding. It was 12, 15 feet deep. And there were men in this thing with shovels and they were digging. And so I said to someone, excuse me, what's going on here? And someone said, oh, a young teenage boy buried himself, dug this hole to see how far he could dig down. And the sand fell in on him and now he's buried alive. And I was like, oh, my God. Now, my first thought, honestly, wasn't to save his natural life. My first thought was, Holy Ghost, do something. And I started praying in tongues and praying in tongues and praying in tongues and praying in tongues. And And I thought, well, hang on, don't give up. Don't stop. And you could see this wave. Well, I could see this wave in the spirit came. These people, were t- they'd been digging for 10 minutes and they'd found nothing. It's kind of like Luke 5, you know, they'd been out. And God wants you to be reminded of the rhema word that he's given you. Nevertheless, at his word, go again. Just go. So anyway, these um, 
It was a fire, a fire brigade. No, it was an ambulance or a fire brigade or something. They were digging. They had those hats on them, the yellow stuff, whatever they have in America. I think they have red. But anyway, they were digging. And I was just praying in tongues and praying in tongues. And this scripture here, it says, on the contrary, in verse 9, as the scripture says, what eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared keeps made and keeps ready for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him, gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. Listen, verse 10. Yet to us, say to me, to me, God has unveiled and revealed what? All these wonderful things that he's laid up. He's revealed them by and through his spirit, for the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels and things hidden and, say this, beyond man's scrutiny. So listen to me. Every one of you have a good future. This church has a great future. You know, never mind the past, it has a great future. But praying in the Spirit with the Holy Spirit's help will reveal to you the hidden things beyond your scrutiny. Like I can think, well, I have this much money so I could buy that kind of house. I have this much so I could do that. You know, that's, that's human. Okay? When I pray, I go beyond When I pray and the Holy Spirit is praying, he helps me. He helps me go beyond. And you might be quite surprised to find out that if you just live down in the natural realm, you might find people in situations that need to be broken up, that need to be changed, things that need to be changed. You need to go beyond what you think. That's what I'm trying to spit out, okay? Go beyond. Go beyond. But you can only go beyond with the Holy Ghost. And I remember standing there thinking, I know you never lead us to a place of defeat. God, I've read those scriptures. I knew that. You've got to help me, Holy Ghost. I remember just praying and praying and praying. Praying because the guys who were digging were getting tired and praying for them not to get tired and praying for them to dig some more and go beyond. I just want to encourage you this morning. This is a season of Passover. This is a time of resurrection. This is a time of the great Redeemer. You know, we think, oh, we just got that song, and we ended up on BBC One or Two, whatever it was you were on, Lucy. You know, God had that plan for you. God has a plan for our books, our songs, our lives, our films, whatever. We do. He has a great plan. And I know I need to go beyond. I need to let him go beyond. So would you come, Lucy, and whoever's leading worship, and can we just sing and minister to the Lord and worship him and go beyond? Because this is, you know, we've looked at expecting as we turned into this year, and I, I, really, tr- I really felt, even being at the barn, you know, <laughs> You go deeper and you leave higher. Sometimes it's hard to dig down deep. Sometimes it's not easy to let the Holy Spirit really look at what you're doing. But he will. Oh, he will, believe me. He will. And he'll do it happily. But you'll never be 
That's not because he's like some big... Oh, did he get rescued? Of course he did. He can't bear it. The guy died. And then three of the people that were there went and sat on the surf at the beach and great white sharks came and ate them. And then, and previously in the church that she was supposed to speak to that had $20 million debts, they folded. She didn't know what to say. So the whole church died. And anyhow, so let's rejoice. And I live with that. I live with it. You're a naughty boy. No. He did not die. Suddenly there was this, ooh. And I was like, there. And then the, the worst thing was that God said to me, now go tell him. And I was like, I can't do that. He said, yes, you can go. Because God was teaching me. I was in my youth and I was learning. Go on. So I, the guys had pulled him up in the ambulance nearby and they got him. And I said, God saved your life today. I got in his face. And he said, oh, ooh. He was like, could hardly talk. And of course the ambulance man said, all right, lady. Okay, lady, off you go. You know, and I was treated like some nerd. And I was like, I got to tell him this. You don't understand. I had the fear of God in me. I had the fear of God in me. And, and on the church situation, I don't know that they ever really appreciated or the pastor. He knew that what I said was eternal. I mean, they did. They did understand that. But they still wanted the 20 million. But you know what? They didn't end up doing that. He ended up leaving the church and he ended up taking over a church from another international leader. He was totally promoted. Why don't you preach? <laughs> You're bad, Rod Anderson. You're bad. You were so bad. <laughs> You're not bad. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. Okay. So are we going to remember? Yeah. There's things kicking into gear all around the world, and you're going to go a bit further. You're not going to give up right now. Okay? You're going to go beyond. You're going to go beyond. Because why? Ephesians 3.20 says, even in our highest prayers, we haven't asked. Ephesians 3.20, if you want to put that up, that will be my last one. This is just the beginning. Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power, he is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose, do super abundantly, far above all that we dare ask. So whatever you're asking or praying or thinking about, he, he goes beyond, God goes beyond, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond, beyond. Now watch you, I remember one day saying to God, that is so unfair. What is my highest praise? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He just said to me, I said, well, I don't know. If you don't know, I don't know. He said, well, you better keep praying. And, you know, you think about it. You look out here, and sometimes I live in such a depth of the burden like Jeremiah. because so I think this is so far from heaven. You know, that what's going on is a long way from heaven. I mean, I can't help it. I didn't ask to go there. God just dosed me in a big dose of himself from heaven. So I have this eternal optimism. It's going to be okay and we keep going through. But even in our highest prayers, come on, let's pray. Joy comes. I'm going to finish with joy. I am. So you want to sing something?
We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 